sure you understand it. God actually can do all things, but he has resolved to use men to do things for him. Right from when he said, let man have dominion, that was all. He committed the authority, his flow on the face of the earth through individuals. Is that okay? Now, it is for you to locate these individuals and build a relationship. Not because of who they are, but because of who God has ordained them to be. The point is this, they may not be able, and the truth is they can't choose themselves, but God chooses them to do those things for Him. They are not just sent by themselves, they are sent by God to do those things for Him. And when I'm using this word, I want you to understand it this way. It could be a pastor, or it may not be a pastor. Is that okay? But there are certain things God wants to use some people to do in your life. And if you don't believe in everyone, if you can relate to everyone, as it were, based on the situation and circumstances, there are something God wants to do through those people, using them to accomplish your life that you will definitely miss out from. You can't get them. Somebody gave me a call a few days ago and said, now I know you are a man of God. And I said, well, why did you say so? He said, because I couldn't believe that with what we have passed you in our relationship, you could still give me a call and talk with me. The person really, really done some terrible things, said some terrible things about me. And I was told by those he mentioned those things too. But it didn't bother me. One basic thing is I remember what he has done for me first. He has done very good things for me. Very good things. Not money. No. But he has introduced me to situations that have really elevated me. And that was enough for me to keep the relationship, no matter what he's doing now. If I say, oh, because of what he has done, no more. He wouldn't have been able to make that comment. Is that okay? Hallelujah. And I have something in mind that I want to do for him that he's not yet aware of. If I have to follow what he's doing now, he'll miss out on what is in my spirit for him. I'm just trusting God to surprise him. He will least believe that he could get that. But it is part of the things he has sown in my life that I'm thinking about. They are like seeds that are growing and he's going to harvest them. So the point in life is this. You must build relationship and don't try to break relationship. Even if situations are there that will make the relationship be broken, try to build it. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. But I'm going to be using some illustration this morning to prove three things to you. What, who you relate to, especially if it's a priest, will do for you. First thing is going to make you get your prayers answered quickly. Secondly, you will assess heaven of the things you don't know anything about. You partake of things that you don't have right to partake of. I'm going to illustrate that from the Bible. And that will make you know wherever you belong, if you convince God I've led you there, stay there, relate appropriately with that individual. Because God has done something on the face of it, like I said, He's using men 
to accomplish his goals. Hallelujah. If, if God wanted to do without a human being, he would not send his son. He would simply say, let all the earth repent. And all of us begin to jump from where we are. How did, how did, how did Ezekiel get flesh to bones? He spoke a word. So why do you think if God wanted the whole human being to repent today, if he says so, all of us will not respond to him? We will respond to him. Am I correct? He will say, let all humanity repent. And you see all of us jumping. But they have decided not to do that. I say, you should go and tell them to do what? To repent. And the one is asking to go and repent becomes his representative, becomes his ambassador. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the Bible says we are ambassador of who? Of Christ. You must first understand that position. That anyone is sent to you carries his power, carries his authority, and whatever he says at that moment, God will endorse it. That's why I say, he that receives you, receives me. He that rejects does what? Rejects me. You must understand, God is using human beings. Hallelujah. How many of you know the story of David when he was going to get his properties and wives from the Amalekites or Jewish people that took all of his properties and other when he went to war? God told him he was going to recover all. But how did he get there? That was a clear word from the Lord. Even though God had asked him to go and recover, he didn't know where to get the things. He took a slave boy, butter, hungered, you know, and uh, I know the way. Only gave me food. All you need to give to somebody sometimes is food. He will show you where your properties are. Don't kill me, just give me food. I may look very stupid and wretched. It's hunger that is doing me this way. <laughs> but I have wisdom. <laughs> where your properties are, they are in my memory. I know where they are. Just give me food. You just, yeah, I will take you there. God, you see, God told him to go, but yet somebody has to take him there. I, I know you've heard from God, but you need somebody to get there. That's the problem. I told you the other time. Even Moses, that God said, go and deliver my people, take them to the promised land. He has to take an Egyptian to show him the road in the bush. This wall is a bush. Mm, it's a wilderness. We are all passing through it. It will require one ugly human being to take you to where you are. That's why you can't despise anybody. You are anointing, as you call it, is not enough. Am I talking to somebody? Your anointing in your head is not enough. Your finances in your hand is not enough. You need good relationship with people. Otherwise, you won't get anywhere. Let me read Hebrews 5 for you. So maybe you will title this, or somebody will give you the title, whichever way. I don't know how to put it now. Or you can say a relationship as well. Just relationship to, to the ordained one or to the sent one. Sent one is even a better. Relationship to the sent one. Hallelujah. Hebrews 5. Uh, let's just quickly read from verse, uh, I think, 4 to 5. And no man take a dishonor. Okay, you may not understand. Go to verse 1. For every high priest taken of our gifts and sacrifices for sins, action on the ignorant and them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmities. And by reason, therefore, he ought as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins, 
verse 4. And no man taketh this honor unto himself. But he that is called of God as was Aaron, so also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that saith unto him, Thou art my son, to thee have I begotten thee. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, here we find that even Jesus Christ does not choose to become a priest. That means, God is saying, for me to do certain things, I'm going to need a human being and ordain him a priest. Don't you understand this, that even when Christ was born, the Lord did not make us say he was already a priest. The Bible says when God said, this is my beloved son, I was sharing with somebody in the camp. When you talk about this anointing thing, there are things you do not truly understand. Do you know David was anointed three times? So what purpose was it? Fine. David was a type of Jesus. Do you understand? That is why he had three times anointing in the Bible. And every anointing brought him into a function. That of a king, that of a priest, and that of a prophet. That's why David could function in those three dimensions. That's why I keep on telling you, anointing has to do with what God calls you to do. And so you find that even Jesus Christ had to receive three times proclamation of the word. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved son. This is three times. Was God confused when he said it the first time? So why did he have to repeat himself? Because the first one brought into the place of being a prophet, second one brought into the place of being a king, third one brought into being the place of a priest. We're all reading the one of a priest now. And anytime God said, This is my beloved son, it was an anointing, it was an endorsement, it was a proclamation for the world to recognize the office he has called him into. So he was saying, I call you as a king, I call you as a prophet, and I call you as a as a priest. Is that okay? Fine. But you see, all this thing happened after he was born. What I'm trying to make you understand is that he did not take the honor to himself to say, Well, I am a priest. Is that okay? God has to make him one. Is that alright? Now the problem now is you've got to recognize who God has made a priest before you. Time. For certain things to happen. Now why is this so? Because God tied some of your release to these people. Redemption of man is tied to the one he called a priest in Christ. Every office he brought into has to do with what he has to do for humanity. And through you. So, if we have to be redeemed, we must relate to Christ, who is our high priest. If we must have anything, it's not sure. Now, but I'm bringing it down to the level of a human being. So I don't see it as just being Christ alone. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Job. I pray this will help somebody this morning. I'm not asking you if you are blessed. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? You say yes, even if you are not blessed, you want to answer to please me. Hallelujah. It's a common thing. So to me, it's not necessary. You just have to be blessed, whether you like it or not. Because truth will set you free. Is that okay? Now, Job 42. You remember the story of Job, how he went through all of the troubles and all that? Mm-hmm. Let's read from verse 7 to, to verse 10. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, he said to Eliphaz, that is his friends, the Tamite, my wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right as my servant Job had. Now here the Bible calls Job what? 
servant. Therefore take unto you now seven bullocks with seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourself a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you, for he will I accept. Hmm. Lest I deal with you after your fully, in that you have not spoken of me the things which is right, like my servant Job, so Eliphaz, Tarmet, and Bildan, and whatever, all the Shuas and Zophas, went and did according as the Lord commanded them, the Lord also accepted Job. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I want you to understand is that he said, you go to Job. And pray to me. I will accept your sacrifices because of Job. Are you listening to this? Now, is it because they don't know how to pray? Is it because they don't have the bond of free? But God said, no. There is a man that relates to me. There is something unique I have in his life. And you will use your mouth to say something that is not only about him. But about me, wrongly. That says there are some things you say about God in your circumstances that you do not understand. They are working against you. But it shows that when you come to service and the man of God or whoever is sent makes a proclamation over your head, even that prayer you are praying with God will not have answered, he not answered. He doesn't answer because of you, he answered because of the one he's looking at. So it's not how far you can pray, it's not how well, it is the relationship you have with the one he sent to you. Am I talking? That's a problem. Sometimes you struggle and pray and pray and pray. But those who have very simple relationship, even if they say a word, God answer. You've been wondering why. It is the relationship they have with the one that God is looking at. How many of you truly know that God is not seeing you? He sees Jesus. He's not looking at you. He doesn't. He's not looking at you. Hallelujah. He doesn't see you. He doesn't. doesn't he? When he looks at the world, he sees Jesus. That's why the Bible says, every man in Christ, you shall ask anything in my name, it shall be done for you by my Father. Because he doesn't see you. If God looks at you, you will die. Because you don't qualify to stand in his presence yet. That's the truth. By the reason of the life we live, even the things we say. But anytime he looks down, you see Jesus. It's like an umbrella. We are all under him. He that is in Christ. Even so, he has ordained some people. Let me call them miniature Jesus. <laughs> eh? Those small, small Jesus that is positioned on the face of the earth. <laughs> you know, because Jesus said that in John 12, you remember, I mean, at John 12, so when a corn of wheat remains, he abides alone, he falls to the ground and die, he brings forth more fruit. In other words, he raised some small, small Jesus. He's all over the place. He's all over. Do you understand that? If you take you the spiritual eye to design this small, small Jesus, wherever they are, you understand that? And have a relationship with them. And anytime you say, God, God will just be looking at that small Jesus and say, come on, talk to me. For the sake of this guy, I will answer you. Are you listening to what I'm saying now? Praise the living God. Relationship is so important. So we're talking about prayer answered. Now somebody said, but the Bible said we shall come boldly unto the throne. Sure he said that. 
Absolutely, he said that. But I still want to make you understand this fact. That no matter how bold you are going, there are relationships God are putting in place to even place you there. Is that okay? It's so important. Now let me ask you this question. If we can be bold to come to God, how will God tell you? How do you say you love God that you cannot love man? What is man doing there when I can love God straight? What do we read Bible and we don't think? Because why? why? What is man doing there? See, how can you say you love God and you don't love the man that you see? I, I should love God and forget about man. Just as I can just pray straight and forget about who is there. Are you listening to me? We have to read these scriptures with a balancing so that we can really. You see, God wants human and personal relationship on the face of the earth because it's building a family. How do you expect the family of God to be in chaos and then you are approaching God? No! Now tell me, if you think it's easy to roll straight to the throne without consideration, Jesus said, You want to pray? How you can go back to the altar? What is the business with my brother I'm quarreling with to stop me from praying? Am I talking to somebody? You see, we read this Bible and we run a tangent. Oh, this revelation will go that way. No, let's harmonize it. If your human being is not important to you, as to approaching the throne, why is he saying drop your sacrifice first? Go and make amen before you come. It shows if you come without making amen, your prayer will not be answered. So who is stopping it? A human being. He's tidy. And that's what he told him, you know, you, 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 you're talking to me, you want to talk to me. Go and meet, go and meet Job. You made all kind of useless languages to Job, who is my servant. Go and reconcile with him. Confess to him you are sorry for the things you said. And then let him offer. I will take them. The same thing Jesus said, you know what Job is saying here now. So why do you think man is not important even in the prayers he offer? That's relationship. Why are you going back to make a man? Because God is interested in your relationship to that man. He doesn't want it broken. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, God will have to help us. I can do without him. I can do without her. Fine. Let's see how far you go. If you think you are the only one God is building as a family, let's see how far you will go. The Bible talks about royal priesthood, a holy family, a holy nation. It's a community of people. Let's see how far you will go. I don't need him. He will need me. Mm-mm. Relax. Christ himself take no honor unto himself. It's God that do did him. We agree you are the high priest, but cool down. Mm? Just relax. Recognize that it is God that brought you there. And relate accordingly. And see those people too who are dealing with you contrary that they are ignorant. That's what the scripture said. He must first consider that these guys are relating to me in a level of what? Ignorance. Hallelujah. Because to a very large degree you too have your own problems. That if God were to count iniquities you can survive. No matter the oil on your head. Mm, that's the truth. Hallelujah. So what's the first thing that will really come to you when you have the right relationship with a saint man or whoever? I'm not talking of just saint man. Saint man. Please understand it. Is that okay? Anybody can be sent to you. 
anybody can be sent, even a cripple can be sent to you. Just like the story that Pastor Maxwell, you know, you don't understand. Anybody can be sent to you. You don't understand. You don't know who he is. The scripture says people entertain angels. Abraham did that. Did he know who they were? Amen. He don't know who they were. And now, it's because of the society. The other day I picked a man from Mughal when I was coming here. Once in a while I do that. And the man said, why did you resolve to pick me? Because I drove a father and I stopped and I came back. Somebody was saying, pick him, pick him, pick him. I stopped and I picked him. And he said, why? What gave you the boldness to pick me? This is a time where people are afraid of whatever, whatever. I said, I don't know. I just have the release to pick you. And that's all. Amen. And then we started story. There are a lot of things we said. At the end of the day, he said, nah, I, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. It's because I passed. I said, no, that's not the reason. Put part of sin away. I have things I've only been thinking about when I remember that scripture. Abraham entertained angels unknown to him. I don't know who you are. Not because I'm a pastor. No, forget it. There are pastors that will pass the road and they won't pick you. So it's my understanding. And he said, but people are afraid. I said, well, if I'm doing good, I don't think God will allow anybody to kill me. No, no, no. I don't believe that. Hallelujah. So you don't know who is who. No matter how small or big. To me, everybody is important. Do you understand? Because such an ugly person could be a saint one. A saint one. To me, at that moment. To show me my way. Hallelujah. And there are many ways that people show you the way. Sometimes they can do bad things to you to really try the spirit in your life. They are still showing you the way. No, you don't know. You think everybody will just punch you on a good path? No. So we come and really insult you, humiliate you, just to prove the spirit in your life. He's still a saint one. No, you don't understand. He wants to remove some things from your life. <laughs> he wants to bring you to the place where you begin to, all that you have spoken and taught you where, will not be made open. He's still a saint one. He's a messenger of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. A messenger of the Lord is an apostle. <laughs> to prove who you are. It's not enough to say, I know I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, you know, all of those things. God will just say, okay, let me send this one to you. Amen. And the way you treat that guy will determine how God is going to treat you. You won't believe it. Hallelujah. Serious. This business is what? It's serious. <laughs> okay, let's look at another example. Amen. So that has to do with prayers. I'm sure that one is clear enough for us. Second Chronicles, can you turn with me to the book of Second Chronicles, chapter number 30? And let me quickly read uh, Second Chronicles 30. Let me read. What verse am I going to read here now to help us? Oh, my, 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 my. Am I correct? Let me see if this is what I'm really, really looking for. 16, Second Chronicles 30. Okay, I got it now. That's what I'm looking for. Second Chronicles 30, are we all there? Now this has to do with the Passover as they were to have it celebrated. How many of you understand that the Passover feast, the celebration is a feast unto the Lord? Is that okay? Okay. 
Now read it. That is to say we're talking about fellowship. We're talking about coming to fellowship and what can happen and things like that. How many of you understand to come to fellowship we're also celebrating the feast of the Lord? We are celebrating a kind of deliverance from the world. Is that okay? Now Passover is a feast of deliverance from Egypt. Is that alright? Now let's draw some principles here. From verse 16. And they stood in the place after their manner. That is all the children of Israel now. According to the law of Moses. If you look up there, you're going to look at burnt offering. Okay, go back to verse 16. Then they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the second month. And the priests and the Levites to be ashamed and sanctified themselves. And brought in the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. Amen. And they stood in their place after their manner according to the law of Moses, the man of God, the priest sprinkled the blood which they received of the hand of the Levites. For there were many in the congregation that were not sanctified. Therefore, Levi had the charge of the killings of the Passover for the everyone that was not clean to sanctify unto the Lord. Now first get that key. For you to offer the sacrifice, you're going to be sanctified. Now the Levites were doing the burnt offering and the sacrifice because the people were not clean. The question is, were the sacrifice ever going to be accepted or not? Come and talk to me. Because of who? There you are. So you discover sometimes there are things in your life that will hinder you having access to God. But by reason of the man standing before you, your prayers are answered. Is that okay? Now read on. Hmm. What verse are we now? Verse 18, I'm sure. For a multitude of the people, even many of Ephraim and Manasseh, Saka and Zebulon, had not cleansed themselves, yet did they eat the Passover of the wise then than it was written. But <laughs> Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, The good Lord pardon everyone that prepared his heart to see God, the Lord God of his father, though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary. And the Lord hearken, help me say it. The Lord did what? Hearken to who? To Hezekiah and did what? He healed the people. They were not qualified. Sometimes you get your healing not because of who you are. But because of the man that stood there to say what? You are not qualified to partake of the feast of the Lord. Come into his presence. But for the sake of the man that stands before you. The Lord did what? Hearkened. They were not qualified to partake of these things. By reason of who their nature was at that moment. But two factors were responsible for their bond offering to be accepted and for them to be healed. The Levite came in, Hezekiah prayed. God did what? Hearkened. Don't think you are too special. Hallelujah. Build what? A relationship. And maintain it. Just know that God has positions on people before me. Just know that God has ordained and I have to stay with these people. Not for their sake, but for my own sake. Do you understand this? Not for their sake, but for my own sake. It's not for the good of the other man, but for your own good. 
Glory to God. These guys brought the offering. You're coming to church. They brought the money. Huh? They are the offering you want to give to the Lord. And the Bible says, your own vehicle is not pleased enough for you to offer unto the Lord. Are you listening to this? And so, there is no way. God will not take polluted sacrifices. No, he's not prepared for that, no matter how weighty they are. But somebody is standing before you to accept this thing before you. Do you even know why sometimes we really have to give to the Lord, giving it to people, and we think when we give it, it's for your own good. I begin to see that even when Jesus was looking at the offering box, he wasn't just looking, he was accepting it on their behalf. So it was not to know how much you were putting there. He was standing there as a priest unknown to them to accept those things on their behalf. That their offering might be accepted before God, the priest had to stand. See, like the authors of churches who bring and then they kneel down and they do all those things. We mock them. But they have a revelation. Though they were taught that way, but they have a revelation. They are not kneeling to man. They are not buying to man. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? They are not doing that to man. They are doing it to who? To God. It's for their own good. Don't be too familiar with your priest. It's important because he's standing before you and the Father. God has just so ordained it that way. Let us even look at it this way. All of, sometimes the way we pray is serious anyway. But is he good? Because we are all priests and kings. The Bible says, well agreed. Until we all come to the place of perfection. To the measure of the fullness of Christ. God has had his mind. Everybody's going to be able to find. That's true. Is that okay? There's nothing wrong with that. But there's a time factor involving these things. To God it is finished. But there's a process towards the finishing. Is that alright? Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Follow the principle. If he asks you to pray, pray. If he leads you in the way to pray, pray that way. Don't argue. Let's pray for the church. I beg. Thinking of my financial matters. No. No. You are breaking the rules. You can't, even those financial money you are talking about, you can't get resort to them. But you see, if after praying because that is a burden, and the priest says, even in your financial be healed, you already get an answer to that thing. Be patient with him. If he comes here no matter how ugly, you should believe God must take him over. To walk through him for your good. You should believe that. As soon as he said, I said, God, take him over and walk through him. That is what you should be thinking about. Hmm? Scripture says, though we have known Christ after the flesh, know him, no man after the flesh. Right now. In other words, don't estimate people. Don't assess them by their human nature. Don't deal with them because of their failures. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, know we him, no man. After the flesh. Oh, you don't understand the no man? Hmm? That you don't the man in a no man. You should understand the no man now, don't you? Has anybody said no man are taking so? No man. You should know the no man. 
But no, no, man, I saw the flesh. So whoever stands here, he sent here, he sent to you even in your home, no, no, man, after the flesh. Understand that God wants to use this one to reach to my life. Hallelujah. If there are priests and kings, that means all of us are not priests. Huh? It's a community of priests and kings. There are kings and there are priests. And the kings will still need the priests. Because that's the place of God. The kings are not qualified to offer sacrifices. You have to understand this thing now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand this thing. Amen? That there are priests and there are kings. And the kings are not qualified to offer sacrifice. They are to make rules. They are to make laws. They are to reign. But when we talk of assessing the throne, it is the function of the priest. Hallelujah. Come on, is anybody hearing this? Oh, praise the Lord. If we have understood that. So, you assess some things that ordinarily you cannot prayers and everything you find makes simpler for you it's easier when you know if you simply can take your phone and say please pray for me and the person talks and you believe that it works not because you can pray sure you can pray but there are times you need in terms of relationship somebody to lead you and to assist you and to help you I personally ask people to pray for me or you think I don't know how to pray? Huh? No. Maybe, maybe you think you are more supernatural, walking in the supernatural as compared to Apostle Paul. But Apostle Paul said, pray for me. Huh? To okay, pray for me that I may have the boldness to pray to what? And even Jesus requires prayer too. Can't you walk with me for these hours? Three cool times. Three cool times. You mean you can't? You can, Peter? James, you can stand to pray for me? You are too super, superhuman that nobody prays for you. Fine. Keep on combating the throne. <laughs> we thank God for your life. But just let us discover you with us in the animal so that we need you. Mm, we will need you. Since you are already there, we will need you. Glory to God. Okay, let's take the final thing. I think I'll spell most about two. Okay. First Samuel chapter 21. <laughs> wow. I like this one, honestly. Ministers a lot to me. First Samuel 21. Ah, uh, my, my, my. David was running away from Saul. And he came to the place where... Uh, uh, hallelujah. Let's get down to verse 1. We read of verse 6. Then David came to Nob to Ahimelech, the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David and said unto him, Why art thou alone and no man with thee? Amen. <laughs> Hey, and David said unto Ahimelech the priest, The king had commanded me a business. And I said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business, wherefore I send thee. And what I have commanded thee, I have appointed my servant to such and such a place. You see, there are some funny things that happen in the scripture sometimes. One wonders. David was just lying here. 
I was just lying. He was running away from Saul. And he was lying to the priest. I don't know. But two things are going to happen. See, because the priest is starting, even the lies of this man are going to be overlooked. It's terrible. That's why these things are mysteries. And, and you see, because of the way God heard David, there are so many things he, I don't know. This guy was just lying. Do you understand that? He was saying, so sent him to do this, to do that. He doesn't want anybody to know because he was running the law. That is why sometimes you see, when something happens, just keep your mouth shut. Because you don't know how God is dealing with people. He's dealing with them individually. Keep your mouth shut. You see, the philosophy of Mike is a strong one. Very strong one. This guy was just lying. And the Bible said, that shall not lie. But this is <laughs> Oh my goodness. Practical lie. In my Bible, I put question mark. What is here? That's why I read question mark. If you are giving a receipt, there's a question mark on what David said. This thing is not true. Hmm? But something happened. Why? Because the man was there. And look at the funniest thing. He was lying to the priest. God did not give the priest the designment to know that this guy was lying. He refused to expose David. Yes, oh God. I don't understand God. That's why he said the things of God they are past finding out. Here is a priest who should know this man is lying. He refused to make him know he's lying. Because what he wanted David to get, he must get it from the priest. Let me show you what he wanted him to get. Now I'm not saying go and lie anyway. <laughs> the day you come and lie to me, man. Ah, God's not going to cover it. I tell you. <laughs> Okay, that's good. All right. <clears throat> now, therefore, what is under thy hand? Give me five loaves and bread. You see that? In my hand. Or what there is a present. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread. I like that. Under my hand. But there is what? Hollow bread. If young men have kept themselves at least from women. And David answered the priest and said unto him of a truth. Women have been kept from us about three days. Since I came out and the vessels of the young men are holy and the bread is in manner. Come on, yea, though it were sanctified this day in the vessel. So the priest gave him what? Hallowed bread. For there was no bread here. But the showbread that was taken from before the, king, the Lord to put what? Hot bread in the day when it was taken away. Just run quickly before I finish up this. Matthew 12. Matthew 12. Then I give you the implication there. Matthew 12. Are you there? <laughs> Relationship. Are you there, Matthew 12? Let's look at 3 to 4. Okay, one again. And at that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the cornfield, and the disciples went on hunger and began to pluck the ears from corn and to eat. 
But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, the disciples do that which is not lawful to be done upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was unhungered? Amen. And they that were with him. Now, this hunger has a lot to do. <laughs> oh, man. How he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread. Now, hallowed bread equals to what? Showbread. I will show you something. Which was not lovely for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. Amen. I said amen. amen. Hallelujah. I don't want to go to the next verse. Showbread equal to hollow bread. When he says showbread, he's actually talking about when you partake of this bread, you see the face of God. It's a showbread. It's a revelation of the things of God that you do not know ordinarily. It's kept in the most holy place, wherein you have the candlesticks and all of those things in the holy place. It's not qualified for David to eat it. Now, he did not only partook of it, he also gave to those who followed him, who were not even qualified. This bread is meant for only the priests. By implication, David partook of that which is priestly. And those who followed him partook of that which is priestly. Though they were not even qualified to do that. What caused that? Relationship and Jesus made reference to it by implication. Jesus also say, ah, You quarreling with my disciples who follow me that they ate corn on the Sabbath day? Ah, think about it. Can't you remember what David did and God approved it because there was a priest standing and the priest offered it? I am also a priest and I gave right to them to eat of this corn. Glory to God, somebody. Are you listening to me? Why did they have right to that corn? Because of the man they were following. Why did the disciples of David have right to the showbread which only the priest was qualified to eat? Because they were following what? David. Who you follow will make you assess heavenly things that you don't know. This showbread was meant for only the priest. Now means the priest must know. Remember the Bible says, at the mouth of the priest shall they seek knowledge. There are certain things that only the priest have access to. And it's all depend on the food he eats. Come on here, talk to me somebody. The showbread reveals God to the priest. As it were. The priest alone was qualified to eat of the showbread. But here are people who were not qualified, but here they were partaking of that which is holy. You assess holy things by reason of your association to the one that God sent. You get revelations of certain things that you do not know by reason of the man you associate with. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Not because of who they are. Now, can you see the picture here? David are just terribly lied, did all manner of things, but God he didn't reveal it. He covered it. And no one said, say, blessed is he whose iniquities are covered, whose sins are forgiven. David know what we were talking about. <laughs> he looked at himself and said, blessed is he. He was talking about himself. He could cancel some things he had done. But blessed is he whose sins are covered, whose iniquities are forgiven. Who are you therefore to condemn a man that has been approved of God? Absolutely no one. 
absolutely no one. Just maintain your relationship. Are you listening to me? For your own good. Not for the good of the man. For your own good. Are you listening to me? All the trouble that was passing through, he knew who he was. He knew his relationship to God. He knew how to settle with God. God will say this is a man after my own heart. Somebody said because you used to praise God very well. Fine. I have no problem. But I just also believe that when God said that, it was a choice he made. I will show the strong mercies of David. That is what established the ocean. So whatever happened, even in times of Solomon, strong mercies of David was still running. Are you listening to me? May God help us. See, how would you like to relate to to Abraham as a father. You thought is Abraham light? How many of you understand? He says, Sarah is my sister. Mm? And Abraham has to bring flesh, as we commonly say. This is flesh. So, why do we have to relate to the man that brought flesh? And we say, oh, it's because now, we shouldn't quarrel with Ishmael, like the way we teach in the church. We should quarrel with Abraham who brought the Ishmael. But there is something we do not understand. Because the Lord has been speaking to me for a few days. Share with my wife. I share with. I even share with Maxwell. If you check Galatians four, you will see a mystery there. The Bible says Sinai, which is Hegai, represents Sinai, which Jerusalem that now is, and Isaac and the mother represent the New Testament. That means without Hegai, there will be no Old Testament. But you quarrel with the mysteries of God. That's why we should keep our mouth shut. Can you see the mystery that even when Ishmael's mother was running, when the pregnancy was still there, the ministry angel of the Lord said, Go back to your mistress and submit unto her. Why? That church will have just left and be aborted. The Ishmael became the Old Testament. That Isaac will become one, the New Testament. It's God's mystery. But we quarrel with all of them. Just like we cannot quarrel with David for lying. When we don't understand what God is doing. That's why the Bible says when we come close to the place of the holy place, holy things, we should know how to walk and keep our mouth shut. When we come to God's presence, we just say, God, there you are. We thank you. That which you want to do, you do what? You do. Keep your mouth shut. Hmm? May we learn to have some reserve. Mm? You see, the English man will call it taciturn audacity. May we come to the place where our mouth is shut, as opposed to talkative reserves. That we may acknowledge the man that is standing that God has sent part time. He can send you to me, and I must acknowledge that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Anytime God says, This is my beloved son, something else begins to happen in your life, as you acknowledge that. Can we please pray?